Hi, this is Bill Hoppy, Buffalo Sabres beat reporter, and I'm joined by Nick Sabato, Buffalo Bills beat reporter and Niagara Gazette sports editor. And welcome to episode seven of Buffalo Press Box. Nick, we have quite a bit to talk about here. The Sabres season is underway. Uh, the Bills had a terribly, in my opinion, a terribly unsatisfying victory over the New York Giants. And I want to talk more about just how historically unsatisfying it was. But uh, let's get let's get things going here. I mean, just your general thoughts on uh, on the game. I mean, it was it was just an odd game. Uh, they were lucky to win, in my opinion. And and just the offense again against a really bad team. The offense. What's going on with the offense? This is back to back weeks, a slow start. Back to back weeks, really a, a a bad bad performance. And this is all coming off that Miami game where they were just world class. Just what are your thoughts on the offense right now? Ah well, they're they're not they weren't tremendous against the Giants. They figured it out against the Jaguars, but it was too little, too late. Right. I should have, I, I should mention that they got going late, but yes, go ahead. I I don't know whether Allen comes out thinking he's got to do too much, or if he feels uh, restricted in the offense and can't be himself. I I don't know what the deal is, um, but he's just hasn't looked himself. Uh, coming into the to the start of the last two games, now I thought maybe the first, you know, the Jaguars, that was a matter of the coaching staff not adjusting. You know, the the Jaguars took away the short passing game, they took away the run game, and they didn't adjust fast enough to let Allen kind of push the ball downfield. But against the Giants, Josh just wasn't very good. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you, you look at you know Giants defensive corner Wink Martindale. Used to be the 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 Ravens defensive coordinator. He he likes to blitz as much as anybody, and you know it, it just didn't seem like Allen was identifying the blitz enough. Um, it 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 didn't seem like he was seeing the field. He was getting a little too antsy in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he locked on Stefan Diggs far too often. It was like he you know. The ball snapped and he's looking for fourteen and and <laughs> and not really anybody else. And I think that's that's kind of an issue at the moment for the offense. Is there two? Whether it's there, it's Josh is just looking for digs too much. He doesn't trust anybody else, or the offense is is just too you know dig centric at the moment. It is very dig centric and. Uh, the secondary weapons uh, we've talked about them, you know, over the past few weeks and they just, I mean, they have their moments, but they just, in my, in my opinion, they just haven't gotten it done this year. I mean, Gabe Davis had a huge fumble against the giants. I mean, the the tight ends haven't, haven't done a ton. Uh, We haven't heard a ton from, you know, their other wide receivers other than Diggs and, and Davis just, why is he having trouble getting the ball to them in your opinion, besides just maybe locking on to Diggs? Well, you, you have to, you have to look at Gabe Davis and, you know, I was among people that thought maybe he was about to have a breakout year because he just looked mm-hmm. phenomenal in training camp. Um, but he's kind of just on the similar pace as he was last year. Uh, you know, he just hasn't been a high volume uh, pass catcher, and maybe that's just who he is. But you look at the the tight ends, whether it's Knox, whether it's Kincaid, um, some of that is 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 on Ken Dorsey. Some of that is is on Allen. I mean, um, 
when 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 Knox or Kincaid, you know, at, you know they're they're running, they're catching balls a yard beyond the line of scrimmage. I don't know who that benefits. Um, right. You know, th- that's you don't want a two hundred and fifty pound guy catching the ball a yard a yard beyond the line of scrimmage and having him try and make people miss. It, that's just not going to work. And you know, we we heard from the minute Kincaid was drafted that he wasn't a prototypical tight end, that he was really a big wide receiver. Well, they're not really using him that way. They're mm-hmm. not they're not putting him in the intermediate game. They're not letting him kind of stretch the field a little bit. I mean, he's not gonna run by anybody, but he can he can work that fifteen to twenty yard, you know, range and make those catches and we just haven't seen it. Now obviously he didn't play uh, against the Giants, he had a concussion, and he's he's now cleared concussion protocol. Um, but th- they need to do more to get both of those guys involved, get them downfield. Otherwise, why did you draft Kincaid in the first round, and why did you pay Dawson Knox last year? And we saw some of it from Knox a year ago as well. You know, the first half of the season, he was he was kind of MIA, and it was like, you know, what did they pay this guy for if they're not going to use him? Um, at some point they got to start and, you know, again, this is not a, you know, fire Ken Dorsey kind of deal. Like (laughs) if you look at the numbers, um, from Josh's numbers to the offensive numbers, um, I mean, last year was, was one of the better years that, that the bills had, um, whether it was the first six games or the season, I mean, it was, Statistically, they averaged more yards than any Brian Table offense did in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, averaged more yards per play than any any other offense. Um, you know, uh, didn't have as many first downs, but you know, he he for for someone people wanted to get rid of, he did a pretty good job. Um, and then this year, you look at it, and it, the numbers still aren't that far off. Um, Yards per play is six point one, which Brian Dable's offense never had over over six. Um, you know, uh, uh, they they punted sixteen times, um, but they're not moving the ball at the same clip. Um, three hundred about three hundred seventy five yards per game through the first six, six games. That's down from four four forty one um, last year for the, through the first six games. Um, and the, the big difference, obviously, is, you know, Josh's passing yards are, are significantly down. Um, he had almost 2,000 yards at this point. Now he's about 1,576, um, which is the lowest for him since 2019. Um, and, and he's only got 13 touchdown passes. Now, granted, he's throwing the ball less than he than he has in the past. Um, but the big stat that jumps out to me is that Stefan Diggs is getting 32% of his targets. Um you know that's a, that's a lot. It's the most in the NFL, um, easily the most in the NFL, the most in his career. You know, through six games, um, Diggs has never had you know thirty thirty percent of the targets in his career in Buffalo um, for any season, let alone the first six games. It's it's just that that, that tells me that Allen isn't isn't trusting some of his other guys. For sure, and if we you know if we circle kind of. Back to Allen, just the season he's had. I mean, he, he, from my perspective, he's had three good games and three bad. And that's, or not, I shouldn't say bad, but three 
three three good games and three that weren't up to his standard at least i mean within those games he's done some some good good things but certainly i don't think they're up to his standard and we you know we saw on sunday uh that he made that throw to quentin morris just uh, just an amazing throw uh I mean, that was many... that was bad football right that was everything about that was was terrible it was well except you know, the throw except the throw <laughs> it's Everything about that throw was was a what not to do as a quarterback, whether you know, you know, scrambling out, bailing on the pocket too soon, throwing across his body into the <laughs> in, into a crowd, and then he, but then he makes the he makes the throw. Um, that's just who he is. Some of that is, I, I don't know. I, 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 you know, when people talk about him running, um. I've always kind of felt like, you know, that's who he is. Mm-hmm. A, can you change who he is? And B, do you want to change who he is? I think Von Miller said, you know, after Allen kind of getting involved in that skirmish uh, against the Giants in the end zone, uh, you know, that you can't tie him a Mustang. <laughs> um, I mean, that's that's pretty fair. I don't think you're ever going to be able to take that out of him. And... At, at, at a certain point, it almost kind of feels like uh, you, you're trying to to tame him a little too much, and I don't I don't know. Would you, you know, are, 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 do you want to? It's like putting a rock star in a suit. Mm-hmm. Um, he just looks uncomfortable with it, and I and again, I don't know that that's necessarily Ken Dorsey. I mean, we know Sean McDermott is ultra conservative. Um, we know that at the end of the day, Sean McDermott is signing off on any game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think when Allen is able to run around and kind of wheel and deal, that's when he's at his best. And we just haven't seen that very much. We haven't seen him run the ball a whole lot. Um, whether it's scrambles, whether it's design runs, things like that. Um, and I just think you're taking a piece away from him that makes him so special when you do that. You know, uh, we look at uh, there was a a play on the goal line where um, they're in the pistol and uh, they give the ball to Latavius Murray and people are you know freaked out about that play. Well, <laughs> if Josh has the threat of running, I don't think that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But the problem is it, there really hasn't been that threat. Like I mean, two years ago. They 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 ran that quarterback sweep and it was unstoppable. Anytime they needed a big run, they 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 you know they needed a first down, they ran that play. And we just haven't seen it since. Um, you know, you've got this guy. We, we, there was they kind of had a designed designed bootleg um, earlier in the game, just you know, around the Giants forty that got a first down. Um, but shoo. I don't know. You're 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 taking something away if you don't want him to use his legs, and I, it just looks like he's too restricted in the offense, and he's thinking too much. I agree, and he, I mean we've talked about this before, but does some of them putting the, the the clamps on him? I mean, does that stem from his, you know, his desire to? You know he doesn't clearly doesn't like to slide, and he's always fighting for those extra yards. And and, and as we've talked about, if he gets hurt, then huh, I mean there goes the season. Do you, do you think it's as simple as that? They're afraid that he's going to get hurt. 
I think so, but at the end of the day, but he's still gotten hurt. Right. Got hurt last year, he got hurt last year on a play he didn't it wasn't running, it was in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And then he got hurt again on Sunday. He says he's fine. Um again, he said he was fine last year, and he, obviously he wasn't. Um I mean they they're taking that one to the grave. Uh he, he's <laughs> taking he's taking how much is that that injury affected him last year to the grave. Um, cause I think it was obvious to everybody that he was clearly affected by it throughout mm-hmm. the season. Um, but I mean, at the same time, yeah, you're afraid he's going to get hurt, but he, are you getting the most out of him if you're afraid? I think that's the line you have to walk with, with some of these guys. It was like, you know, um, 10 years ago, CJ Spiller, well, he can't, he can't carry the ball 20 times because he's too small. He's going to take a beating. Well, how how long are you going to have them anyways? You know, use them use them at their best while you can because you never know when that's going to end. That perplexed me when uh, they had C.J. Spiller, who doesn't get, to me doesn't get enough credit for being a very good running one of the best running backs in Bills history. Obviously, his he didn't have you know six one thousand yard seasons, but his couple seasons he was whatever two thousand twelve and what. what oh, if, I forgot what if he had another big big year, but I think 2012 was his big year. He was good, and Changeli didn't use him uh, enough, and might have might have contributed to him losing his job. And they let him they let him go, and they brought in Lashawn McCoy, who's like the same size, and and gave him the ball as much as he wanted. I mean, so. <laughs> uh, but, but but I mean, I just think it's the same kind of deal. You you got to use him. For, you know, to do what he's best at. He's not this, you're never going to get him to, to be this straight laced guy. Who's going to stand in the pocket and chuck it around. He's, 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 he's lightning in a bottle. He's, you know, it's, it's helter skelter. That's, that's who he is. And you got to let him be that. You like you, Patrick Mahomes gets hit an awful lot. It's just did it different ways. And I don't, I don't hear any, anybody saying, you know the Chiefs Patrick Mahomes can't be running around so much, like that's what he does. Like it, 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 it's it's a weird it's a weird narrative, and I I don't know I just think that's part of the part of the problem right now with the Bills. If we can uh, go back to your putting a rock star in a suit uh, comment, uh, there is one rock star you could put in a suit. Do you know who that who that was? Well, it depends on what era it is. I'm talking 80s. Oh, before you were born, I guess. I'm an 80s child. Oh well, this still might have been before you were born. I'm talking about Robert Palmer. That was one rock star you could put in a suit. So, um, well, I mean, there you go. It depends on it. Like I said, <laughs> it depends on the era. Anyway, all right. So let's let's move to the defense. I mean. The bend but don't break defense. I mean, we saw the Giants. I mean, they had <laughs> they they were about to score at the end of both halves. I mean, it's to me, it's incredible they came away with nothing. Um, it obviously cost them a game. Um, how how sustainable is this defense? I mean, because I mean, you look at the odds of a, a team has a the ball down where the Giants had uh, at the anytime especially at the end of the half i mean teams are going to get points and for them to get zero points was really i mean that's an anomaly i mean 
and the Bills, I mean, if they're going to play like that where they're giving up long drives or letting teams move down there, I mean, it, to, to me, it's just not going to work. What are, your, what are your thoughts on just this bend but, but, but don't break defense? Well, I, I think the one thing that they're just not doing well over the last two weeks is third down defense. They're, they're 20 of, of the opponents are 20 of 37 on third downs over the last two weeks. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of contributing to it. Uh, the difference this, you know, against the Giants compared to the Jaguars is they were able to, at a certain point, they buckled down and were able to get them off the field without, without a touchdown. Um, but I don't know if you can, if you can count on that every week. Like, I, I don't know that, you know, I mean, they're not going to play Tyrod Taylor every week. That's right. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it, that's, that's what it comes down to. I mean, he made no plays. I mean, no I like, plays. It was, I like, a, it was a Tyrod Taylor game. I mean, Bill, I like Bills Ty- fans have seen that game before. They have, and I, I like Tyrod Taylor. I, th- I think he's a good guy to just have. And I mean, he got the he he was the quarterback when the Bills ended their playoff drought. But I mean, he like his performance on Sunday was just. I mean, like he did nothing. It was. I mean, even bad teams, you get a couple plays from your quarterback. To me, he just did nothing. Well, they made the Bills made five, they they stopped the Giants. Five out of seven times on um, a one-yard-to-go scenario, whether for a first down or a touchdown. And on three of those, Tyrod just did nothing. Uh, there was a play that led to a, a field goal, and I don't know why the Giants didn't run the ball there. Uh, when they kicked the field goal to go up 9-7, they had, you know, for for all the talk of, of Ken Dorsey is just this downgrade from Brian Dable, good Lord, they ran the ball six times for 68 yards and then they get to third and one and throw the ball. Mm-hmm. And of course, Tyrod was not decisive enough. He could have run it. At, they didn't get it. And then they get fourth and it's like fourth and inches and they still don't run the ball. They kick a field goal. It's mind boggling there. But then you look at the end of the half deal where Tyrod checks to a run Um Again, I mean, you would think that a guy with the experience of Tyrod Taylor wouldn't need to be told, like, "Hey, buddy, we don't we don't have any timeouts here. You can't run the ball, um, or if you do, you better be sure you're going to score." Like, you you would figure that you wouldn't have to tell that to to somebody like Tyrod Taylor, and yet he did it. Um, and then you know, obviously, the last play of the game, you can say pass interference, and obviously, there's a lot of contact. Um, but it's not like he, he made a, a good throw on that. Like no. he, he really didn't give the receiver a chance to catch the ball. Like the contact had nothing like it. That contact wasn't the reason that pass was incomplete. It was incomplete because it wasn't a, 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 a ball that was catchable. So and that play ended what I, the most unsatisfying Bills win. I could, and let me let me couch or let me let me explain this. I, so we'll say I like to think I have an encyclopedic knowledge of the Bills from 1988 to early 2000. So we'll say uh, from 88 to 99, we'll take out 1997, but and then we'll we'll throw in the last four years, 2020 until present day, when the Bills were. I mean, so we're talking the years when the Bills were. 
a true heavyweight, a, uh, the best team in the AFC, a Super Bowl contender, whatever you want to call them. And that Sunday's game to me has to be the most unsatisfying win I can remember of those, whatever, say, what, 15, 16 seasons you grouped together. Because, I mean, they just, I mean, I don't remember a win that was just like, oh, my gosh, they they won. But what was that? That was, I mean, they were, sure, there's some game, plenty of wins. They've been lucky and so forth. But that was just, that was just a next level to me. Yeah, well, I, I think that's a, a common thread probably over the last two years since the start of 2021 is that there have been just a lot of games where it's like, you know, oh, yeah, that was that was a good win, but, man, it didn't seem like the offense played very well. And the difference is, you know, in 2021 – they were having those games and winning like like Thanksgiving in New Orleans. They mm-hmm. won thirty one to six, but it was like, ah, did they play all that well? And that you know that was that was kind of a common one, you know, for that season is like, you know, they're thumping these teams, but are they playing all that well? Like, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> to me, I mean, I re- I remember that Saints game, and and you know, th- there's been some other ones that you were weren't too satisfying. They were kind of they were almost troubling wins but to me this was a, a whole new yeah level. and that's kind of even even since last year you look at like the browns game they they won 31 to 23 but i don't know if anybody left that feeling satisfied mm-hmm. they beat detroit 28 to 25 and was that satisfying they beat the patriots by 14 i don't think that was overly satisfying and then obviously um the Jets that you know that's that's when 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 Sully called Josh Allen out on on you know the offense not looking like a Super Bowl caliber offense and you know turns out he was right um they just had too many of these games over the last couple of years and now instead of winning by 20 points they're squeaking these games out against teams they should be hammering um i mean it it, it i, I it's hard because they're still one of the best offenses in the NFL. And you look at, you know, the, the Chiefs struggled against the Broncos. Um, they're just kind of scraping along right now. Uh, but it's still, I don't know. You, you're just waiting for them. You're just waiting for Allen to just have one of those just ridiculous games. And I don't think we've, we've really had it yet. Like, obviously, he's been the AFC player of the week twice, but... Um, I don't know. I, you're just waiting for that ridiculous performance from him, um, where he's you know throwing for almost 400 yards and I just making crazy throws. I I just don't know if we've seen that yet. My the Miami game is the closest one, and he was pretty good in that game. But but I don't know. It, it just hasn't been there yet. All right, let's look ahead to the this week's game. The the Bills are facing the hapless New England Patriots. They're one and five. I mean, they're just terrible. I referenced uh, last week or the week before that they uh, remind me of the early '90s Patriots, the Hugh Millen Patriots. The I mean, for a lot of my lifetime, the maybe the worst football team I ever saw was the 1990 Patriots. Uh, uh, my uh, my old roommate Mike Lindsley, host of the ML Sports Platter, a podcast you should check out. Um, he liked that reference, so I'm going to use it again. I mean, 
you know, these are Bill Belichick's Patriots, but I mean, these are, I mean, this is probably their worst team in, in over 30 years since they, you know, pre, pre pill. I can't even say his name pre pill bill. I can't even say my, it's my own name pre bill parcels. I mean, we're talking, I mean, the Patriots are just bad. I mean, this is a game the Bills obviously should win. Just what are your thoughts on, on them going there? And I mean, this is this is a get well game if there ever was one. Well, it's a little it's a little uh, ironic that uh, the Patriots are wondering if they're ever going to get that quarterback now. And, <laughs> and while while the Bills are, people are just writing them off and wondering if if Allen is done and the Bills window is open. I mean, how. How many times were the were the roles reversed, you know, over right. the last twenty years? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, on paper the Bills should throttle the Patriots, but they should have throttled the Giants, right? Um, I mean, uh, the Patriots aren't as banged up as the Giants, um, and the Giants were terrible coming in. I mean, it wasn't like they had any momentum or anything like that. They just been been getting trounced. And they come out and almost win. Um, I, I think the Bills have to put their foot down and, and just just roll the Patriots. I mean, it's this is the NFL, so saying you know they should win forty to nothing or whatever that could have happened, yeah. But it, this is the NFL. It, I mean, when I say trials, they they should have they should win comfortably. They should win by a couple of scores. Um, and, and I think right now they kind of have to after the last two weeks. Can, can I get a prediction? For, I'll give you my prediction first. Bills 35, Patriots 6. Are we going to get a score out of you? I'll say they win by at least two touchdowns. All right. Well, that's about as close as we've gotten to a score from you. So, all right. That's progress. We're going to get a score by the end of the year. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> I wouldn't hold your breath. All right, all right. So, one last Bills note. I mean, the the, the Damian Harris injury, an, another frightening injury. Um, you know, taken off. Uh, you know, gave the thumbs up. Taken off on a stretcher. Goes right to the hospital. Um, he's recovering. It's a sprained neck, I believe. Uh, right. Um, Correct. So, but I mean, still, just another like frightening scene. I mean, have we learned anything about, you know, how to react to these injuries since the DeMar Hamlin one last year, in your opinion? So, um, as you know, I I look at these, these injuries differently than, than most people because I use a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, when, when, when Damian Harris is, is on the ground, you're, you're looking for, for anything that you know, you hope he's okay. You hope that he's that he's moving and 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 things like that. Um, but I, I thought after last year with Demar Hamlin that maybe like you know one of the good things that could come out of out of that is how we view those injuries, mm-hmm. whether it's in the media or just as a society, because you know so many times when you see a guy carted off the field. It's you, people act like he's dying or he died. Um, and you don't know the severity of the injury. And a lot of times 
it, it ends up not being that bad. Obviously, you you there's a handful of them, you know. Just in recent years, whether it's Ryan Shazier or uh, Kevin Everett going back, you know, a little bit. Um, but the, the DeMar deal was different. He actually died on the field. They had to bring him back to life. Mm-hmm. That was a completely different animal. And I, 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 I look at those as, I mean, it's almost insulting to someone like me where it says, you know, you're where you act like this guy's life is over if he can't play football anymore. And to me, obviously I, I look at, I look to see if that guy's okay, but if it like let's say a, a scenario like Ryan Shazier, obviously he hasn't been able to return to football. Um, but, but that doesn't mean his life is over. He's got use of some extremities. He's his mind still, what it was before he got injured, he has the opportunity to live a very, a very nice life, successful life, happy life. Um, and I thought maybe with Demar's situation, maybe we understand that a little bit better. That just you know, not being able to play football or or play a sport doesn't mean your life is over. Um, but but I I don't know if we're ever going to get there. Partly because. I don't think anybody has. I don't think a lot of people have understand it. I don't think they've experienced it. They, they just think that your life is over, that you can't do anything, that because they they don't know anybody, um, who is who has gone through that and 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 had a happy life or a successful life, um, and you kind of you kind of got some of that when Damian Harris was on the ground for a little bit is. Oh my God! What's going to happen to him? Um, you know, w- when I saw his his thumb move, I was I that's that was the point where I was I was okay. He'll be all right. You know, whether whatever his injury is going to be, he'll be all right. Um, because you know, I, I've seen it a million times. Obviously, I don't wish for anybody to have to go through that because it's it's hard. It's hard to, you know, if you, if you're so used to, for anybody, whether you're athlete or not, you know, having to learn how to do everything all over again is hard, um, and discouraging, and and, you know, uh, that's that's, I don't wish that on anybody, but you can do it, um, and I think with for NFL guys or, or professional athletes or whoever, that's the key. There is they've got so many people that look at them and, and in a scenario like that, and would be willing to give them pity instead of, you know, helping them do what needs to be done to adjust to their new life. I think that like, so I don't know how much the, the, the notion like, Oh, your life is kind of over now that helps people. But I've seen people be successful after, after stuff like that. I looked at, um, Taylor chase, Who's the uh, former captain of the U.S. sled hockey team? Was a first-round NHL prospect. Was playing a junior game. Uh, went back first in the boards and got paralyzed. He ended up getting you know a, a shot to kind of stabilize things. Within a year and a half, he was playing for the Paralympic team, sled hockey team. So, I mean, you can play sports again. You can do all these different things. I just think we need a, a different perspective just on how bad some of this stuff is. Like, I mean, 
we shouldn't be equating anything to your life being over after what we saw with Demar Hamlin. I think mm-hmm. that's that's my perspective on it. No, I agree, and I mean, it's and it's great to see Demar Hamlin on the field again. And uh, but I mean, if he, I think we've learned that he he's a special individual, and if he never played football again, he would have done some. He he would be doing some other, you know significant things so well i mean even for demar like to me the dip most difficult part of his whole deal is is kind of just now beginning um it's a guy who wasn't really you know in nfl standards he wasn't really uh that big of a deal you know it wasn't like people were rushing to talk to him every week um but then he has this 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 crazy event, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden he's the talk of sports. Well, eventually, all that goes away, and you get back to normal life. Mm-hmm. You know, you go from meeting the president to being a healthy scratch. How do you handle that? That's hard for a lot of people. Sure. I mean, you see it all the time with professional athletes. They go from being being these big stars to just fading away when they retire and it's hard for them to handle it um you know we'll see how things go for him moving forward whether he can kind of find his purpose in life or you know what what the rest of his career holds all right so, so with with the bills here they're 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 still chugging along back to four and two uh, we're wondering what's wrong with them, and now we got the Sabres season starting, and they dropped the first two games of the season. Um, you know, uh, uh, unexpectedly, and now all of a sudden, their season's over. I don't see how they. <laughs> I don't see how they make a run to the playoffs with with only seventy nine games remaining. I don't see a path. I don't see a magic number. Um, what did you see in the first the first three games of the season, Bill? That that the Sabres just came out and torpedoed the whole season. Yeah. It's funny because, I mean, there's people who have that football mentality and they, an 0-2 start in hockey when there's uh, 80 games left isn't quite like a 0-2 start in football when there's 15 games left. Um, so, I mean, the, the, the Sabres start's been okay. I mean, they, they haven't been great. They haven't been bad. I mean, they could certainly be two and one. I mean, if you want to look at it like that, I mean, they came out last week against uh, the Rangers and they didn't play that great. I mean, they faced a, a, a defensive uh, system one, three, one that they had trouble with. Uh, they were playing a very good team with the new coach and uh, that was raring to go. And they just, I mean, they lost. I mean, they were still in it toward the end, but it just wasn't like a great game. Uh, Saturday on Long Island, uh, they lost three to two, but they, I mean, they could have very easily won that game. They were probably the better team for most of the game. They hit, the Islanders winning goal should have been called back maybe on, on, on two accounts, a high stick and an offside. It definitely looked offside to me. Um, and then, uh, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday against the Lightning, uh, they, they played a they played a nice game. I mean, the Lightning made their push and they tied it late and and they got it to overtime. But the you know the Sabers 
you know, dominated overtime and won. So I think we're just starting to see them get their footing. I mean, early year hockey is a, a different beast. Uh, the, le- the the playing field's leveled a bit. Uh, teams just aren't quite in their system. I shouldn't say quite. They're not in their systems yet. It's looser. It's, it's, it's different. And uh, we're seeing just the Sabres kind of find their way through things. I mean, Tage Thompson, I don't think, has a point yet. Um, but, I mean, it's three games. Uh, it took that line a couple games to get going, and Alex Tuck and Jeff Skinner got going against the Lightning. Um, so it, there's just a lot of different uh, things going on right now. And I, I think uh, you have uh, a, a team that, you know, maybe could have two wins, but they have they have one, and there's 79 games left. Just uh, – Ride it out. I mean, the Sabers, if they if they play up to their capabilities, I mean, they should be uh, an entertaining team that uh, pushes for a playoff spot this year. Well, they they have played Devin Levi the first three games of the year. Um, when when do we see Eric Comrie? When do we see UPL? Um, you know, Comrie has been in the backup role so far. When do we see? Either of the other guys kind of hop in there. My thought is, well, it, it, it could come, I guess, as soon as Thursday against the Flames or Saturday. But my, my, my thought is maybe uh, Monday or Tuesday. That's the Sabres' first back-to-back. They play the Canadians at home, and then they play Ottawa on the road. My thought is Devin Levi will play uh, against Montreal. I mean, he's from Montreal. It's a significant game. I mean, I think as a starter, he gets that game. So maybe Tuesday. I don't know if they will go with Comrie or Lukanen first. I mean, Comrie has backed up two of the three games. Um, but it's at a certain point, they're going to have to play these guys. And, and it, let's remember, last year, they made it a point to get these guys playing time. Maybe not a lot of playing time, but they made it a point to make sure Eric Comrie got starts and they might be spaced out, but he, they might, they might've been spaced out, but he, he got some action. So maybe that's what we see this year, but I mean, Devin Levi's the starter um, based on the early going, he's going to play. Uh, he might play a lot. I mean, he might play th- three out of four. He might, you know, so he might be at that, that pushing 60 game mark. I'm not sure. I mean, it's kind of the great unknown, a college goalie in his first pro season, what he can handle, um, how he holds up. But I expect it to be Devin Levi's net most nights. And uh, we'll, from time to time, we'll see looking in or Comrie spell him. What did you, what did you take from his performance to the first three games? Levi's been fine. I mean, I don't look at any, anything he's he's done in the first three and pin it on him. I mean, if you go back and look at the Rangers goals on, on last Thursday, I mean, I don't really, I don't have a problem with that, any of them. They just it was more poor de- defense than Devin Levi. And he was sound on against the Islanders. And he, he was, he was good uh, against the, the lightning. So I think it's been a good start for him. I mean, I, I mean, his, he doesn't have crazy numbers or anything, but uh I think it's more of what we saw last year. So what what we didn't see last year until late in the season was Casey Middlestat uh, starting to show just how good he is. The Middlestat Benson Greenway line they've kind of been carrying the Sabers right, you know, for the, through the first three games. 
what what about that that trio has kind of gelled so well so far yeah it's an inter- interesting trio um i think well first of all i mean jordan greenway is healthy again and jordan greenway had shoulder problems last year he came before he joined the sabers i mean he came back and he heard it in his first game i believe so he just last year was kind of a uh, it was a, it was a rough season for him. He wasn't himself all season, and he, he had the whole summer to recover. And he's he's had a terrific start. And he's six foot six. He's a big body, long reach. Uh, he's first on pucks, so he gives that line a nice element. And then you have Casey Middlestad, uh, who ended last season on a tear. Uh, he's just he's kind of picked up where he left off. I mean, he looks like a guy. And again, I hate you hate to pin numbers on guys, but I mean, he he definitely looks like a guy that could have. 70 points i mean he's he's a he can be a terrific playmaker he can be a terrific finisher and then you throw in uh zach benson an 18 year old who's <laughs> first week in the nhl but he's he looks so comfortable he, he he's just a tenacious presence uh he, he complements his skill and th- that's uh that's what we need to realize that he he's not in the nhl right now for his skill i mean he, he certainly that's a his skill's a huge asset, but I mean, he's in the NHL because he has the maturity. He plays a mature game that complements his skill. Just, just the way he plays, how, how he battles, and how he understands the other side of the of the puck. I mean, it's it's been unique to see. I mean, you don't see guys like him really crack the NHL thirteenth uh, overall picks, but he's 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 been a pleasant surprise, and he's he's had a couple assists. I mean. To me, right now, I mean, they have six, whatever, six, seven more games before his entry level contract kicks in. I mean, to me, he's playing like he's going to stay. Well, I mean, you, you, those three guys each have two points apiece. Um, you, you mentioned Thompson took a little bit to get going last year, uh, didn't have his first multi point game until game eight, had a goal and two assists through the first seven games. Um, uh, as well as those three guys are playing, I don't think you can rely on them so heavily throughout the season, especially with, you know, Benson being so young. Um, you know, is there a concern about Tage Thompson? You know, there's a lot of people that, that you know, expect a 50-goal year out of him after the last two years. But is it is it really feasible in today's NHL for a guy like that to produce that much year after year? I, I think it is. I think he, you know, he he has fifty goal capabilities still, and I think, I mean, hundred point capabilities. I mean, he's just he's that good, and he's proven it over the last two years. I see no flukiness in what he's done. I mean, he's a legit, you know, world class talent. And his start, I mean, it's three games. Um, he had, I think, he had five shots on goal against the Lightning. He, you, you saw more of himself. He, he looked more like himself. You could kind of see him get going. And when he, he gets going, to me, it's only a matter of time before he, he starts to find that groove. And when we, we've, we've seen when he gets going, I mean, he's, he's as lethal as anyone. I mean, he had that five goal game last year. He had four goals or whatever in the first period. I mean, I, I have no concerns that he's going to, uh, you know, be the Tage Thompson we've seen the last couple of years. You know, you, you're looking for some life from that line you know, against the lightning. And um, I, I thought Skinner played his best game of the season. He was just so much more active. Mm-hmm. Um, and my goodness, that pass from Owen power on the goal was sensational. Um, Definitely. 
I mean, it was like a, it was like a a, a point guard throwing it to a a, a center in basketball. <laughs> I mean, you don't see passes like that that often that get through. And Tage almost ruined it by touching the puck. Um, <laughs> but but that was that was a sensational. I th- I just thought that Skinner was so much more noticeable against the Lightning than he has all season. And you would hope that that Thompson and Tuck kind of start to to follow suit over the next couple of games. They, they will. I mean, these guys, I, I really believe these guys, I mean, these guys haven't had like, you know, one one pretty good season. I mean, they're, they're legit, you know, top tier NHL talents. Um, they're in their prime or entering their prime. In Jeff Skinner's case, uh, you know, maybe he's toward the tail end of his prime, but he just had a career season. So I I have no doubt, or I I I believe that at the end of the year they'll they'll have the numbers that we're all kind of used to. So Thursday, uh, it starts a pretty helter skelter stretch here for the Sabers. Uh, you know, with 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 Calgary Islanders, uh, Canadian Senators, uh, all four games in in, in five nights here, six nights. Um, what do you, what do you see out of this stretch here? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a stretch to make uh, to to make a charge up the standings uh, right away. I mean, four home games uh, in a for four game homestand. I mean, you know, in years past, the Sabers have sometimes had a long road trip or a road trip in the beginning. I mean, they 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 have a chance to to make some hay early here. And I mean, you know, and we just talked about October hockey, how it's it's different. I mean. Every, I mean, the, the you know the game against the Flames is going to be as valuable as whatever game eighty two, uh, whenever and wherever that is. So, I mean, traditionally these these teams that are in playoff spots by around Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, around December first, uh, there's not much shift after that. I mean, so if if you're in that spot. By that time, I mean you have a good chance of making it, and if you're not, you have a, a, a quite a charge up to make. So, I mean these are even you know October nineteenth. I mean these are these are big games, and the Sabers have a nice opportunity, and they also have a nice opportunity to, to make uh, to make Key Bank Center just a tough place to play. I mean they weren't a good home team last year. Uh, it, it, was, it was it was odd how they just weren't that good at home i don't know quite what it was but uh they're a much better road team and, and if they're going to make the playoffs they need to be better at home and, and this is an early opportunity to do that well they, they they have to start soon because there was about 10 people there to watch the the lightning play yeah, we were talking about this last night it, it, so much i mean you have the tampa bay lightning coming in the team that's won whatever two cups recently one of the great teams of the last however many years, I mean, and it wasn't a big crowd and it was whatever, 12,000 some. And I, for whatever reason, crowds, I mean, if it's a weekend, if it's a weekend, Friday, Saturday game, it's a big crowd. It doesn't matter the opponent. If it's a weeknight game, even if it's a, a, you know, the Tampa Bay lightning coming to town, a, a division rival, a very good team. It just, it doesn't register. People want to stay home. So, I think that's well, something that's shifted over the years. Yeah, well, because of the nature of the sport and being so many games, um, and, and you know they've just been bad for so long. 
that I don't think hype translates the same to the Sabres as it does for, let's say, the Bills. Correct. Like the Bills sold out when when Rex Ryan was hired, purely based on hope <laughs> um, and hype. But for the Sabres, they've been bad for so long and there are so many games that I just think that people need to see them prove it before they start coming back consistently. I'm sure there's an element there's an element to that. And I, I even if you go back five years, four years, I mean, they had that ten game winning streak in, in November two thousand eighteen and in two thousand nineteen twenty, Ralph Kruger's first season, they got off to a nice start and they weren't fill, filling the building again because I, I think fans were still kind of checked out. They weren't sold on everything and uh Turns out, I guess they were right, but I, I think I do think fans are. A lot of them are sold on this team. They like this team, the talent, the personalities. They like the the, the regime, the coaching staff. So I think uh, fans will come back more on weekdays at some point. But right now, I mean, October, a weekday, it just wasn't a good mix, even with the Lightning in town. Well, and I mean, and I don't think it helps that the ticket prices haven't really changed from when they were bad to when they're supposed to be good either. I mean, well, one of the dynamics that's changed in the last few years is uh, people with people putting their tickets on their their season tickets or whatever on these secondary whatever the, the these these sites. Um, they could, if they felt like going to a game, they could get like a you know they could get ridiculously cheap tickets, ten, fifteen, twenty dollar tickets, whatever they are. And now with people giving up their season tickets and and, and so forth, they, I don't I don't think there's that secondary market there used to be where you could just if you feel like going to a game you you can get a cheap ticket you have to like pay a little more now and I don't I think some people are at the stage right now where they don't they don't want to pay yet. No, the it, fifty bucks to go to a game on a weeknight per per ticket that's that's a tough tough sell. But I mean, honestly, that's just the way big league sports are. I mean. If you're going to go to a game, you're probably going to have to pay that much, at least most games or whatever you want. I mean, the days of, you know, getting that cheap 300 level ticket or going to a baseball game and sitting in the bleachers for whatever. I mean, a lot of that's gone. All right, Bill, we'll get a prediction. When, when does Tage Thompson get his first goal? Uh, Oh, boy. The the guy who refuses to give a score. That's wants right. Me to predict the date of Tage Thompson. I'm putting I'm putting you under the microscope now. I, I I say he'll score against the Flames or he'll score Saturday against the Islanders. I mean he he had five shots on as I said he had five shots on Tuesday. Uh, he's due to break out. I mean he'll he'll get going. I mean yeah, hockey, even the best scores. I mean and Tage had a he had a i guess a, a bit of a slow start last year and as we talked about he was injured late so he didn't quite have that pace but he, he had a pretty cons- i mean if you're going to put up that many points what he did last year you have to be pretty consistent and he had a pretty very cons- pretty consistent year and uh, he'll get going and i predict he'll score this week next prediction oh boy do Will the Sabres sign Patrick Kane oh my God. for or after the November 19th game in Chicago? No, they're not going to sign him. What happens if they sign him? I, I don't know, but I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't think... I mean, 
he's going to want to go to a Stanley Cup contender. I don't think. I mean, if I don't know if there's really even a spot for him. I don't. I don't think it would be a good good match. I really don't. Are you saying the Sabers aren't a contender? I think they're a playoff contender. I mean, at this stage, they're not a Stanley Cup contender. So, I mean, it's a big difference. Well, mm-hmm. Bill, Bill Hoppy just became the most hated man in in Buffalo. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what any people's predicting Stanley Cup for the Sabres. I think they certainly. Well, I don't think anybody was. I don't think anybody predicted the Panthers would make the, the, the finals last year, and they did. Right, but I mean, the, the Panthers won the President's Trophy the year before, and they, they I mean, they were they were still a, a good. I see what you're saying, but they were still a a, a good team. They were they were a veteran team. They were much more established than the Sabres. So, but I mean, it's a. It's a good point you make. As as we've said, just get in the Bills. I mean, they'd win the division. They're a wild, whatever. Just get in. You're the Sabers. I mean, you know, you're the second seed in the uh, in the Atlantic Division, or you're the last wild card. I mean, whatever. Just get in. So, Bill, you've got you've got a lot of hockey to watch the the rest of the week. Here, do you plan on doing anything else? Uh. I don't know. I went to Taco Bell today, so that was uh, kind of charged up my week. Um, I don't know. Basically, it, when they have this many home games, a lot of it's just uh, writing and and you know trying to get a meal, and that's about it. <laughs> you you are 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 certainly someone who takes time to to smell the roses. Yes. Listen, it's as you know covering the bills it, it can get intense there's a lot of work to be done so uh that's my focus and spending time with my wife much to her chagrin <laughs> so anyway all right nick so let me just uh remind listeners they can email us at buffalopressbox at gmail.com if you have a question something you'd like us to talk about. If you want to uh, talk about how low I speak, uh, uh, give us a critique, just uh, shoot us a line, buffalopressbox at gmail.com. Restaurant uh, recommendations for Bill other than Taco Bell? Oh, my God. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always open to restaurant recommendations. Uh, He's not, but you can give them to him. I'll probably just end up going back to Taco Bell or whatever, but... Uh, yeah, for sure. Send them my way. But uh, anyway, yeah, give us a review on wherever you're listening, finding us, uh, listening to us. Uh, but buffalopressbox at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. All right, Nick, seven of these in the book. You feel good about this one? I, I feel okay. I feel okay. All right. I feel I feel more than okay. I feel I feel good. I feel great. So, all right. So join you us again. You next- don't have a child in daycare that that brings home every disease that's ever been created. So. I I don't I don't. So I'm sorry you're not feeling feeling well. But you gutted this one out. I'm impressed. I didn't know if we were going to be able to record. So I appreciate well, you. Between between my my wife is a teacher, and my daughter is in daycare. In the last month, I've been I've been given three different uh, three different illnesses. That's. That's that's a lot, man. Jeez, 
And it's only September. Or excuse me, October. I don't even know what month it is. It's only October. I mean, all right. Well, hang in there. Thank you for gutting it out. And I'm gonna, uh, I'm buy a hazmat suit. All right. This is our first Zoom uh, session. So I hope we sound we sound good. Uh, and hopefully we'll be back doing it in person very soon. Nick, hang in there. And thank you guys for joining us once again.